0: How are you coping with anxiety and uncertainty? We'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog give us a Show? Start the clock. And welcome, my friends yet another episode of the mind dog tv podcast i'm matt napo thanks for coming it's great to have you here as always a uh, beautiful thursday afternoon where i am here on long island new york uh doesn't feel really very fall like actually it feels almost like uh midsummer day today it's very warm out a little bit on the humid side but it's a beautiful day uh and we're happy to have a beautiful day at this time of year we take every um nice day weather-wise uh with much gratitude and appreciation because um we are known (laughs) we have winter on the horizon here and that it's not generally a nice time to be in long island new york on long island new york uh in winter but uh we appreciate the weather we're having now and i hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are we're going to talk about uh coping with uncertainty, and it's an important time to have that conversation today. Um, so, uh, that's coming up. Uh, one thing I really am looking forward to, uh, being finished with is this product demo I've been doing for, uh, several weeks now and i'm sure you're as sick of it as i am i'm really looking uh, forward to october 29th when uh, chris burris will be returning here at 1 p.m eastern time uh and we will be reviewing my results uh the long and short of it is this uh several weeks ago now chris burris from ses research was with me to promote this product my vital c uh, and making some extraordinary claims about what it can do and uh, uh, how it can benefit your life. And the claims including uh, prolonging your lo- lifespan by 90% or more, which is an extraordinary claim in itself. Uh, it also claims to give you more energy, better sleep, better uh, clarity of thought, and a whole bunch of other health benefits. Um, But the the lifespan one is uh, the one where it really had me skeptical. First of all, it's entirely impossible to prove. I understand that those claims are made based on results of lab animals whose lifespan uh, increased by as much as 90% or more. Uh, but there are no 140, 150-year-old people walking around to prove this is true. Obviously, it hasn't been on the market that long. Long and short of the story is he discovered this uh, carbon compound while a grad student in 1991. They did a toxicity study on it and found out not only was it not toxic, it prolonged the life of these lab mammals and it gave them better quality of life. So went through rigorous testing. The FDA finally approved it in 2013. Humans have been using it ever since and uh, claiming extraordinary results. And myself being uh, a skeptic, I said to Chris, I'm a skeptic. <laughs> what else would I say? And he said, well, how about this? I'll send you a bunch of the free product. You can try it for six to eight weeks. Have me back and we'll review your results. So that's where we're headed, folks. I got... 14 more days of doing this 15 more days today's october fifteenth, so i have 14 more days of doing this uh and i'm really looking forward to getting it over with i can't say whether i'm going to continue after the study is over uh but i've been doing it every day here on the air twice a day and the reason i do it on the air is twofold uh first off i want to keep myself accountable and i feel like if i don't do it on the air I'm probably going to forget about it, and the whole experiment will be for naught. And the second is to have some video evidence. So you can see me doing it there. There's no question that I've done it twice a day. We've done it twice a day now for however many uh, weeks we've been doing it. Uh, and I'm going to get it over with you really quickly. It's just me taking a shot of this stuff. Now, I will tell you, I have all, all but two days I've experienced some really uh, extra energy uh, and some health benefits from it but uh there's always a possibility that it's a placebo effect so i can't say for certain that it, it's a stuff it could be just my mental attitude thinking i'm gonna feel something and then uh feeling it but i have actually started exercising more i uh, have had more energy since i've been taking it i had two days where i uh really crashed for all intents purposes uh but um so here goes i'm gonna do it really quickly and get it all with me. And that's about it. That's all it takes. Twice a day. But it is uh the downside is it really tastes awful. It really tastes awful. So I'm gonna first thing I'm gonna recommend to them is you know, they can make cough syrup uh taste less than awful. They should be able to make this stuff taste less than awful. Uh, but there it is. So hopefully uh, um I'll be living to 150 years old now, and you can come uh hang out with me if you if you take this stuff we can have a party around uh what's gonna be 2100 when i'm 140 Uh, will be year 2100. So, um, Jill Smaller was, uh, with me back in July now and she had a book out called compassion and corruption. It's a look behind the scenes of the nursing home, uh, industry. And it's a fascinating book. And, uh, it was a great conversation with her and I thank her because she's been responsible for me getting, uh, several, uh, quality guests, uh, for medical professionals on the program. And we have another one today. Um, uh, but before I bring her in, I want to talk about my sponsors really quickly, and I'll get it out of the way as fast as I can like a used car salesman. Fundwise Capital, you know all about them. They're a lender-matching platform that gets you the best credit lines guaranteed. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, apply it online in 60 seconds or less, and uh, there's no effect to your credit to see how much you can get. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. Get the best funding you can qualify for. The strategic lender-matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months, unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, and bridge loans. They work with real estate, startups, restaurants, fa- franchises, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started, it's really simple. You just go to apply.fundwise.com slash mindog. That's com slash mindog. Links will be in the description, and I do appreciate it appreciate you uh, patronizing my sponsors as I mentioned we have another quality uh, medical professional uh, in in the house today uh- Leslie Jane Sullivan is a nurse and principal of Hawaii's Nurses Continuing Education. Uh, she recently wrote a blog article about how difficult it is for many of us to cope with uncertainty and how much less certain our lives have become uh, due to the pandemic and lockdown and all these kinds of things. And uh, nothing nothing breeds anxiety uh, more than an uncertainty. So ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce you to please open your ears open your minds and help me welcome in Leslie Jane Sullivan to the Mind Dog TV podcast. Leslie, welcome.
1: Hi, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for the nice introduction. Um, so, I'm nursing faculty. I retired from UMass several years ago and moved to Hawaii and initially taught at the University of Hawaii. And now I'm doing some continuing education for other nurses. I'm a nurse practitioner. And I spent a a lot of my career um, working with um, adults and people who had mental illness and, you know, this this COVID pandemic isn't helping us at all. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit, as you said, about coping with uncertainty kind of freaked me out because I recently learned that 80% of Americans report that they are experiencing higher levels of um, anxiety and depression than they do normally, and people attribute that to the pandemic. It's not just the pandemic. There's a a lot of bad things going on right now. As you know, we have the economy. We have politics. We have crazy racism. We have wildfires and um, problems with the environment. And it's not good for anybody, but it's worse for some of us. And as you probably know, some of us have a greater need to control things. And this is kind of an attribute of people of my profession. Nurses feel like we need to control the outcome of events. Well, yeah, that's a good thing for us, right? We want our patients to get well, so we have this feeling that uh, we can make a difference. Some people don't. Some people have more of an external um, locus of control where they just kind of go with the flow and, um, you know, tossed on the waves of life and and their luck sort of determines what's going to go on with them. But for the rest of us, we're really, really suffering with this and we have feelings of being overwhelmed uh, by anxiety. We all know how to manage anxiety, right? We have tons of coping mechanisms that we can utilize both positive and negative but i think it's important for us to understand why we're so stressed and then kind of think about that um what have you been doing during the pandemic matt to manage your stress have you been doing anything special
0: um i've really been working my my butt off uh doing doing these shows i've been doing two shows a day seven days a week uh for the most part uh throughout almost all of the pandemic. Also, I, I play with the band whenever we can. I mean, you know, there's still a lockdown here. So I've been very busy. I've been very fortunate in that. And the the truth of the matter is uh, I like being at home. I like working from home. I was working from home before the pandemic hit. So it really hasn't affected my daily life that much but the uncertainty of it certainly has and the idea of the, a lot of the businesses i worked with my sponsors and and stuff people i've done marketing with have uh lost their businesses got cl- closed and so that creates uncertainty about you know where your next dollar's coming from of course so that's a difficult adjustment but uh, for the most part my life um has been pretty stable my wife is a nurse like you Uh, I have a friend who's an administrator of a nursing home. Uh, They both got COVID pretty bad. I had it and it wasn't so bad. Um, I had very mild symptoms, but my wife struggled with it and my friend struggled with it a lot. I lost a lot of people. Uh, Most of them were elderly people who got it. Uh, But some were, you know, 40s and, and, and younger. So it's been a trying time. That stuff, you know, on top of the anxiety you have. All this um, sadness, and, and when you lose somebody, uh, and, and you, a lot of people—I have no 15 people who died. So when when you compound that with the anxiety, that all that kind of grief, uh, it, it's a difficult period for for sure.
1: So, I'm sorry for your losses, Matt, and you know many of us have experienced. Similar things. What I would say to you, though, is I think you have outstanding coping skills. That you've taken all your um, stress and anxiety and putting it put it into something really productive that helps other people. Like we love you podcasts. So right. this is a great thing. And and you know you're working towards something positive. How do we alleviate anxiety? Um, you know we know some people like yourself can put it into their work. We also know that. Exercise, just simple exercise, taking a walk, is a great way to dissipate anxiety um, and, and to to cope. It's a positive way of coping. We also know that we have kind, kinds of um, unfortunate ways of coping, and people are now talking about the COVID-15. We tend to overweight overeat you know so we gain weight um some of us are drinking more some of us are engaging in you know less than healthy coping skills and that's what i wanted to to mention to you guys we want to focus on understanding why we're experiencing the stress and anxiety and then employing some positive ways of dealing with us we're dealing with that beyond um you know beyond some of the obvious things There was an American writer in the last century, and nobody remembers her, but they remember what she said. She said, um, life is uncertain, eat dessert first. And her name was Ernestine um, Elmer Frank. So no one remembers Ernestine Elmer Frank, but they all remember life is uncertain. Life has always been uncertain. It's just worse now. It's just worse now, and it's impacting us more now. So our challenge is to challenge the need for certainty why do we need to be certain we need to think about that um, and for those of us who are um, who have a high need to control or who have an an internal locus of control many of us are very competent and successful people for that reason puts us in a bad situation when we're uncertain when you have when you have a need to control and you are um, uncertain and you don't know what to do you tend to have these certain behaviors, such as micromanaging, Um, you know, don't put the teapot there, put it there, Um, if you're still working, continue to, um, you know, really get down to the nitty gritty with your staff or others, and be kind of an annoying person to micromanage. (laughs) Um, We also tend to procrastinate, and so we say, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, we don't know uh, what tomorrow's going to bring, so I'm not going to make any decisions. Sometimes that's wise, but we also need to recognize that sometimes the decision not to make a decision is a decision in itself, you know, so procrastination, um, that's uh, kind of being your own worst enemy many times, and kind of, you know, my dad used to say, you shoot yourself in the foot, so we really want to look at that, and the other thing many of us tend to do, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but sometimes we, are people that we're around, tend to seek constant reassurance and this can be annoying too because nobody knows what's going to happen right nobody has a crystal ball Um, so we need to recognize that and challenge our need for certainty because life has never been certain you know that
0: absolutely Um,
1: we need to try to let go and validate ourselves and validate our inner strength because we have survived bad things before all of us have Oh, yeah. You talked about losing your 15 friends, and that's so painful, and it happened in a short amount of time. I mean, since March, right? And Here we are in October. But we've all survived bad things. We've all had losses and unexpected things, and we survived those. So we want to validate our inner strength and, and really give ourselves credit for the awesome people that we are. Uh, very important. Another thing that we need to do, and this is tough, But, um, you know, focusing on the present, Eleanor Roosevelt said, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, and today's a gift. And that's why we call it the present. (laughs) And that sounds kind of hokey, right? But I loved Eleanor Roosevelt. And it's so important for us to recognize that, yeah, we don't know. All we have is today. So let's do the best we can with what we have um, and focus on the present. There's this thing now in the literature called mindfulness. It's been really um, something we have only talked about in the last maybe 20 to 25 years. But mindfulness involves living in the moment. So how many times (laughs) have you driven to work or the grocery store or wherever you've gone and you arrive at your destination, you're all in one piece, but you have no memory of how you get
0: there. Right, right, absolutely.
1: So we tend to go away. And while we're absent from the moment, we're... You know, thinking about our bills, if our kids are all right, what's going to happen, this and that. So we're really not living in the moment. I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed, I can eat a meal and not really taste it.
0: Right, absolutely. And,
1: and that's what we have to avoid. We have to really try to live in the moment and be mindful. Take a bite of our food. You, even Something as simple as an apple. Take a bite and really taste it. When we're going someplace, when we're out in the world, even in our homes, look around, breathe in the air, see where we are, pay attention to our present. People who are mindful or who pull themselves back and kind of um, force themselves to be mindful are much happier than people who don't. So um, try to stay in the moment as much as you can and and, and try to think about that. Uh, Think about the present and try to be mindful. The other thing is that you know stress management, like we all um, we all have our little coping skills that we do. And we have positive ones and we have negative ones. You've seen the cartoons. Uh, I saw one recently that was a picture of a stadium. It was like Yankee Stadium. And it said um, AA meeting after the COVID pandemic. <laughs> whatever you like to do when you're under stress, whether it's drinking or overeating or whatever, all the smoking, people have you know relapsed, all those negative coping skills come out. But I want to point something out, and this is something – Um, that maybe a lot of people aren't aware of, or maybe I'm just stupid because I wasn't really aware of it in myself, but worry. You know that thing we do? We worry. We worry. We try to think about all the possible outcomes, about what's going to happen.
0: Worry never solves the problem. Negativity
1: on the future. (laughs) Worrying is actually a negative coping skill. And we do that because we think in our pained, stressed selves that if we worry and think about all the possible alternatives we'll be able to get a handle on it and really you know that's not the case that's not the case worrying takes us out of the present and it it really um promotes sadness and unhappiness and causes us um to avoid the things that can really help us the 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 present things that we can do um it would be important for us I think to pay attention to what we can control what's within our scope of control we sure can't control the pandemic uh, we can't control the wildfires or the horrible racism or the politics or the economics in the country but we can control ourselves and that's about it so for me You know, it's trying to be kind, trying to reach out to other people, um, trying to share what I know. I don't know a lot, but I've been on the planet for a long time and maybe have acquired some fun facts to know and tell in that period of time. Um, So trying to reach out to people um, and be positive. I can control myself if I'm lucky. You can control (laughs) yourself if you're lucky, but, you know, um, really not much else. The other piece of this, and I know I'm talking a lot, um, the other piece of this is embracing uncertainty. And that's tough. You know, really embracing the fact that we don't know what's going to happen. And we'll take it as it comes, and we'll do the best we can with our internal resources that we have and our external resources that we have, and we'll do the best we can with what we have. Think of it. The pandemic. You've suffered. I've suffered. We all have had bad things happen to us. So what do we do with that? We wear our masks. Right? We fight that urge to, you know, the most primitive defense mechanism. What is it? Denial, right? A mask isn't going to protect me. It does. The mask does protect you. I don't know if um, you or your listeners have heard about the case of the um, hairstylists. I think it was in Minnesota. Did you hear about that? No. Two hairstylists. When you're in the salon, you're really close to people, and the salons were open. So um, these two hairstylists in Minnesota had active COVID, and they didn't know. They, I don't know. For whatever reason, they thought they had a cold or whatnot. And between the two of them, they serviced 90 clients. But the stylists and the clients all wore a mask. And, yes, you can wear a mask when someone's that close to you. You get the kind that goes behind the ears instead of around the back of your head. And if you only have the kind that goes around the back of your head, you can modify it so it goes behind your ears. Anyway, um, everybody had a mask on. And out of the 90 cases of uh, clients that these two people saw, nobody got sick. Nobody even converted to positive. It's because they wore a mask. You know, so we can wear a mask, we can wash our hands, we can go to the grocery store and keep a safe, safe distance from people. We can behave in an informed, intelligent way and protect ourselves and our loved ones to the best of our ability. So that's something we can do about that. We can be kind to people. Uh, we can work to diminish our stress in positive ways. So how do you do that? Well. Get a good night's sleep. Yes, it's difficult. But one of the things that research has informed us of during this COVID epidemic is that people who take melatonin, you know melatonin?
0: Yes, of course.
1: Okay. It's a a very benign, not habit-forming, kind of naturalistic, homeopathic sleep aid. People who take melatonin uh, regularly have a much uh, milder case of COVID if they do contract it. Melatonin helps you sleep. So what's wrong? With getting a bottle of melatonin and taking it, right? It's right. going to help you sleep. A good night's sleep is beneficial always. It's beneficial in times of stress. So that's something that we can do. Uh, zinc. Zinc boosts our immune system. It's very benign. It's a mineral. It comes in an oral form. It's ultra cheap um, and available everywhere. So you know what? Take some zinc. Um why not? It's not going to hurt you. Um, it's something that's within our sphere of influence that we're able to do. Uh, we're able to do uh, conference calls and hang out with our friends on Zoom or on Facetime or you know do something like what you're doing. So we get to see people. I don't know about you, but you can tell. I mean, I'm sure you. I'm sure you, Matt, like to talk talk to people. I mean, that's what you're doing, right? You're doing mind Drug TV. So you like to talk to people. I can honestly tell you from my experience that I feel so good after I hang out with my friends online. I feel so much better. It relieves my stress. It dissipates stress. We always laugh. We always joke. Um, We can always find some humor, and humor is a great defense. Humor is a great defense. It's a great coping mechanism. It alleviates pain. Um, It boosts endorphin. It does all these wonderful things for us. So... um, That's kind of, you know, what I wanted to say to you is how important it is for us to try to take a step back, understand why we're suffering so much, understanding why uncertainty is so hard for many of us. It's much harder for those of us who have an internal locus of control, much more difficult, much more difficult.
0: Well there's a lot to unpack in in everything you just said there and uh, and uh I first I want I want to start with a thanks thanks for the plug. Uh and you don't even realize you were giving me a plug but uh before the pandemic for about a year before the pandemic I was hung up on this idea of living in the moment and uh the first week of March the, before we got locked down right two days before we got locked down uh this album came out that i, I wrote all the songs for it's called living in the moment and uh <laughs> it's there it is cd that's produced it's called living in the moment and one of the the, the, the title song is living in the moment and basically the line is uh, uh yesterday is gone tomorrow might never come uh the here and now is all it's real and you know that's a, a whole a cold hard fact and so uh it, that goes right into what you were saying and so That's a nice plug for me. Thank you.
1: Uh (laughs) It's so true. And research bears this out. This is not just me talking about, like, what I think. This is all supported by a body of, you know, juried professional research. It's so true. And it's something that we can do for us. It doesn't cost anything. It's there. Um, It's a wonderful thing for us. Another way um, for us to manage stress is reading. Did you know that reading for 10 minutes is a better stress reliever than meditating or exercising? Reading. I did
0: not I did not know that, but it's, it makes more. sense, yes.
1: The, just the process of reading transports us to a different reality. And it's a healthy different reality. It's not the different reality that we get, you know, from purple micro dot or, you know, substances, uh, you know, eating some pot brownies. It's an escape into a different place. And this is reading anything if you feel like you're so stressed that you can't read a book read a short story um there was a time in my life my i loved my father and my father suffered a long painful death from lung cancer i had a book of short stories by Guy de maupassant helped me so much to deal with my father's illness i would read a short story and be transported right while I was sitting with him, or I'd read it to him, um, and we could both go away to a different place. Extremely, extremely healing. If you don't have the attention span, or you don't think you don't because you're so stressed, pick up a magazine. Ten minutes. That's all it takes. Um, And to go back to our our friend and colleague, Jill Smaller, in her book, Compassion and Corruption, this is a book written by a nurse colleague about the long-term care industry that she'd worked in for like almost 40 years. Long, long, long and long, long career. Wonderful career. And her stories are not tragic. They're uplifting and there's a lot of humor in there. So that I and my other nurse colleagues felt really good reading her book on different levels. You know, it kind of resonated with us and took us back to some things that we experienced Um just a really good thing to do, uh, a really good thing to do. And I think that she, like you, channeled some of her stress and anxiety during this pandemic by writing. So, right. you know, how, how cool is that, um, really? Um, we can be productive and, and channel all that energy um, that we normally would put into, uh, ordinarily, not normally, ordinarily put into our stress and anxiety into producing something very cool uh, people like to do crafts what could be better you know, right. if you're a crafty person maybe you haven't picked up your woodworking or your knitting for many years could you think about going back to that um You can tell I love the Roosevelts. Now, I know that they weren't perfect, but I was raised by a couple of members of the greatest generation who thought, you know, that FDR was the next thing to God. And I know not everybody feels that way, but Franklin and Eleanor, they weren't perfect, but they had a lot of good things going on. And I know one thing that is attributed to Franklin Roosevelt is the saying, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. You know, so if we can get by the fear, if we can experience uh, where we are right now and live in the moment, um, channel our worries. If you're worried about money, try to think about ways to earn money. If you've lost your job, try to get out there and network with other people who've um, lost their jobs. Um, Embrace the uncertainty and realize that we as adults who've lived this long, right, um, have have the goods to deal with this and empower ourselves. I have another quote. Um, I don't know who said it, but somebody said, problems? We have problems. We eat them for breakfast,
0: <laughs> so
1: that's what we got to do. We got to eat our problems for breakfast. Um, yes, people die. I don't want to get into, like, a religious thing because, you know, I'm not really religious, but I'm very spiritual, and I truly believe in an afterlife. I don't think that this is the end of things. And I think when when someone dies, they don't die, they pass. And even if you don't have that, and maybe that's defensive on my part, but even if you don't have that, the people that are gone don't really die as long as we remember them. You know, mm. and I've lost some wonderful friends, um, and don't think I'm psychotic, maybe I am a little psychotic, but sometimes <laughs> they talk to me, you know, something yeah, happens, yeah. and I'll hear someone say to me something that they said to me, you know, in, in real life, so um, it's not always a tragedy. Nobody gets off the planet alive.
0: That's right? true. That's absolutely Elvis.
1: true. Elvis, Elvis might have got off the planet alive, but we're not even sure about him, so, Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we really have to embrace it and, and do the best we can. If there are any nurses in your audience, I want them to visit my website because I have lots of um, fun and uplifting and, and practical information on there. And also, as a result of the pandemic, we can't meet together anymore. We had these awesome conferences where we'd all come together and we'd do yoga, nothing strenuous, but we'd do yoga, some chair <laughs> yoga, and... Um, eat a nice meal and then share some information and then have another nice meal and hang out together. And uh, We can't do that anymore, right? Because we can't spend time live and in person together. So we're switching to a Zoom format. So, you know, maybe we took a lemon and tried to make some lemonade out of it. We are still going to join together. It'll be different. But in my heart, I think that better days are coming. I believe that. And I believe that we can face this with uh, the skills that we have and cope with the uncertainty um, and do everything we can to um, marshal our strength and our skills. So, uh, yeah.
0: You just said, in my heart, and I, I, I thought, yeah. well, well, Hawaii didn't take away her New England accent. That's a nice no, thing. No,
1: we've lived <laughs> in Hawaii for a long time, and um, it's beautiful there. But once I open my mouth... <laughs> you know you can't deny um, the Boston accent, and yeah. um, I don't even want to lose it. You know the way I look at it is Macky Mack the Walbergs. Yeah, taking millions of dollars for cursing in my accent, yeah. I do it for nothing. It's added value. <laughs>
0: okay, there you go. Uh, I think there are some things that uh, we could also point out that you mentioned my coping uh, skills, and I don't know if I have extraordinary coping skills, but I know this: I, I haven't. Do. I haven't had. Uh, cable TV news in my house Or any kind of actual oh, television yeah. For 12 years now And I've learned that Mommy, On social media especially uh, You can identify people who are going to trigger you And put you in an anxious mode Or a, a pissed off mode And I kind of stop following them So I don't see that stuff You got to avoid the stuff that is Intentionally trying to make you Angry or anxious Or nervous about anything And there are those those forces out there Especially, you know, the media wants to hype stuff up and make us anxious about stuff because it helps sell uh, it right. helps ratings and sell papers and things like that. So it's important to avoid that if you can in any way. And I think uh, a lot of people get caught up in uh, having to watch whatever cable news. They're they're hooked on, and they come away angry and anxious every time, but they go back to it tomorrow with the same uh, same zest that they had the day before, and it doesn't help. It's a cycle that just kind of feeds your anxiety. So I think that's important to to point out as well. I'm
1: really glad you brought that up because there's research that demonstrates that the anxiety of Americans as a whole – increased exponentially as a result of cable news, because we learn about every little bad thing that happens all over the world in the United States. So if a child is abducted 6,000 miles away from me, I become aware of that and become much more anxious about my own children. Not to say there aren't predators everywhere, but it just escalates us. The news feed that comes over on our cell phones, you know, shut that off. You right. don't need to get beeped by CNN every time something happens. And, you know, I don't want to be crude, but, you know, every time the president farts, it comes over on a news feed. You probably kind of understand that because of my accent, right? But we don't need that. We need to live in our own presence and avoid triggers. There are some people... God bless them. There are some people within our sphere of influence who are triggers. They're um, very um, high stress and high anxiety. And, you know, there are a lot of defenses that we can use to help people with that. And sometimes we can't, and avoidance is what we're going to have to do. Because um, you know your limits. You know your limits. I know my limits. But um, the cable news is not a good thing. It's not a good thing at nighttime. You know, the 11 o'clock news, and then you're going to roll over and go to sleep? Right. I don't really think so.
0: Yeah. Okay, you mentioned melatonin, but there are so many other things that that can help us get a better night's sleep, and one of those is to avoid things that are going to make you anxious and and nervous and angry and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Sleep
1: hygiene is so important. You know, try to... Um, and people know this, but like try to go to bed at the same time every night. Try to avoid stimulation. Use the bed just for sleeping and, you know, the adult behavior. Don't use the bed for your home office or for watching a lot of television or doing a lot of things that stimulate you. Just, you know, sleep hygiene, simple things. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So, so, can you, uh, I've had somebody on, a couple of people on from Hawaii now, uh, and, uh, as you probably remember from when you didn't live there, your your family is probably aware of what goes on there because you're there and they keep tracks of you. But if, if you're here on the East Coast, Hawaii it might as well be a different planet. We don't know what's going on there. Uh, if you don't have somebody in your family who lives there that you're keeping tra- tabs on, you, don't, you it's like another world, and we don't really understand what's going on there. So I've had people on here and was surprised to find out uh, that they've had it pretty much as, as bad as the, the continental United States. What is, what is, the, what is your take over the, on, on what's going on over there? Is it, is it under control? Is it surging? I'm talking about COVID, of course.
1: COVID. Initially, during the beginning stages of the per- pandemic, Hawaii had it great, um, very low incidence, and people recovered quickly. Unfortunately, uh, we had a real exponential explosion. And I think, you know, like any contagious disease, and especially a virus, people became um, overconfident. But, well, we're Hawaii, we're islands, yeah. uh, we're many thousand miles away from every place, so it's safe here. And what happened was uh, people had big gatherings. I know we had one episode where uh, there was one gathering. People in Hawaii are very family oriented and very social. And different to the mainland, we have a lot of big families and big extended families. And it's a wonderful thing. But you know, if you have uh, a big family gathering, Out of that one family gathering in one case, we had 90 cases of COVID. Wow. Um, From a child's birthday party that was in a McDonald's of all places, we had 30 cases of COVID. And this is because people really thought that we were immune. We have the sunshine. You know, the virus doesn't survive well um, under the sun and surfaces. It only lasts for an hour on surfaces. And people tended to be uh, very cavalier about, Contagious disease, and so we had a huge exacerbation, a real exponential growth, and we realized that. And um, people in power and authority, the governor and the mayor, and individuals recognized that we were heading for disaster. Our um, our incidence and prevalence grew exponentially, and so we locked it down. And people started wearing their masks and avoiding uh, big gatherings. We're now locked down so that um, it's difficult to get in or out of Hawaii, which is why I'm still in Massachusetts. My flights keep getting canceled. But um, we're going back next week, God willing. Um, So people have gotten a lot more um, cognizant of the risk. Everyone now is wearing their mask, washing their hands. We have kapuna hours, so seniors can go in and do their shopping early in the morning when there aren't a lot of people in the stores. The the shops that are um, not necessary to our lives, like the clothing shops and the luxury stores, um, are all shut down. We um, even the beaches are closed because people um, in Hawaii have their big family gatherings on the beach. Well, why not? Right? right? Sunday's family day at the beach. Why not? And people thought, well, we're outside, so we'll have volleyball and we'll all hang out together. Um, and we found out that that was dangerous. So. Now, when we go to the beach, it's uh, one person at a time, and we keep our six feet. We wear our mask, and once we, once we're done, we leave. We walk. We don't, you know, hang out. The beaches are open for exercise, and in doing this, guess what? It's controlled. Right. Controlled. The new case growth is minimal. Um, it's wonderful, and it's it's just you know, it's almost like a case study of how um, how individual behavior really impacts this virus. You know, Matt, two of the vaccine trials are stalled. One of the antibody treatment research studies is stalled. But we know it's a virus, and we know there are ways of avoiding a virus. You wash your hands and wear a mask. It's not that hard. Right. Um, I know people don't like doing it, but you know what? You get used to it. And there are lots of different ways around it, like you'll notice – People have um, funny masks or cute masks. I saw, I went to the grocery store yesterday and I saw a woman who had a black sequin mask. And everyone was reinforcing her mask by telling her how much they loved it. You Uh, know? So, there are a lot of different strategies. Wash your hands. Um, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a time when, um, you know, antibiotics were not that effective. And, My parents and grandparents grew up in a time where there were no antibiotics. So everybody was really a little bit germophobic. So when you came in the house, wherever you were, outside, playing, if you were at school, if you were at the shops, wherever, as soon as you walked through the door, wash your hands. Right. right? We did that. And we kind of got away from that over time because we became very complacent. And now I think we're, um, you know, we need to get back to
0: that. You know, I, I had that conversation with ask. somebody on social media when the, when the pandemic first started. And he was like talking. I said, if you need to be told to wash your hands, there's something wrong right from the start. We, you should have been doing that for, since, from the time you were two or three years old, the time you could reach the sink. You should have been doing washing your hands three or four times a day anyway. Well, <laughs> you
1: know, it's true. And I'm a nurse, so I always wash my hands. But since COVID, now I wash my hands twice. Right. So I wash them properly. And then I start over and wash them properly again, which is a little nutty, but it makes me feel better. And if that's what it takes to make me feel better and not worry about COVID, then that's what I have to do. I also want to mention to you, uh, I know this is kind of goofy, but I want to put it out there. We had a lot of problems with supply. And people were getting really anxious and hoarding. Right. And one of the things people were anxious about excuse me you okay (laughs) was toilet paper (laughs) and if you excuse me i just need to take a sip okay of my healthy diet coke but if you go to my website you'll see a picture of me in my mask and gloves outside long's pharmacy in honolulu holding a package of tp people went in the stores and they said oh my gosh there's no tp so they went out and bought tons of toilet paper well this is positive feed forward so people get anxious about stuff like this i know i myself don't buy a lot of shelf stable products i buy for the most part um, you know i do the periphery of the grocery store so i buy fresh fruit and vegetables and fresh meat and bakery stuff and that's about it but when i looked in the grocery store and i saw that the shelves of shelf stable food. empty i started to get nervous and i said to my husband do you think i should try to get rice and macaroni and cheese mix there's no there's no cake mix well you know what i haven't used cake mix rice mix or macaroni and cheese mix probably for 20 years but because it wasn't there it made me anxious and i think this is the way a lot of americans are we we don't necessarily or maybe it's human nature. We don't necessarily need or want something until it's demonstrated to us that we can't have it. Right. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think that caused people a lot of anxiety. And, um, you know, we need to recognize it. Yeah. I don't really need that. Maybe it's human nature to um, want something that you can't necessarily have. I hope we got through that. We're buckling down now for the wintertime, and people are going to be inside more, The weather's going to be colder in most parts of the country, and people are predicting a spike in COVID. So instead of worrying about the spike in COVID, let's do something about it. Let's remember to wash our hands. You know, if there's a scarcity of alcohol gel in the shops, as there was for a long time, there's always soap and water. Right. Right? Soap and water. You know? well, I'm Sorry. I'm not
0: a big fan of that uh, the the um, whatever the disinfectant that people put on their hands the uh, yeah whatever.
1: alcohol gel
0: yeah I don't I'm not a big fan of it I think that kills your your um, natural defenses I think washing it your does. hands with soap and water is is a better yeah. uh, better solution than that Well let me ask you this this whole uh, in, and uh, this might sound like an off the rails kind of question is marijuana legal in in Hawaii no marijuana
1: is not legal in hawaii it is legal in massachusetts however and i'm talking recreational recreational marijuana is legal in massachusetts it is not legal in hawaii however it's available in dispensaries for people who have a prescription readily available and there are lots of i myself am a proponent of cannabinoids i don't partake of them myself but um, we know that There are cannabis receptors in every cell in the human body, and so um, you know they're obviously beneficial. And I think that the physicians and um, the physicians in Hawaii recognize that, and many people partake of medicinal cannabinoids.
0: Yeah. Well, I noticed yeah. that in states where it is legal, uh, it's, it's been booming as far as business goes, because yeah. people are turning to that to relieve some of the anxiety and, and, yeah. and stuff that goes with it. But also alcohol uh, is going through the roof. People are, you know, we're finding out that when we talk about uh, what do they call it? Um, necessary. What is it? essential? Essential businesses that right, mar- right. marijuana and alcohol seem to be our uh, top on our list of essential needs and businesses uh, more so than some some other that we were might think are essential. So that's just and kind you of know surprising. what, Matt?
1: It's a tool. I know people are over partaking but cannabinoids are a tool alcohol is a tool and like my nana was a very smart woman the old wives in general were very smart that's how they lived to be old when everybody else was dying at 40. Um, my nana used to say everything in moderation alcohol is a tool take it in moderation cannabinoids also medicinal in moderation there are many things that help us in moderation. The problem is when we go overboard, um, like food. We must eat, right? We must nourish our bodies. The problem is when we nourish our bodies the things that aren't really nourishing, or we overconsume. So, um, all things in moderation, and, and I think it's important that we stay mindful of that.
0: Right. So, for your industry in, in general, here, my I know my wife is she works in a nursing home, and I think oh, be- God, love her. Yeah, I think she's being tested every day. Are they? Is that the same uh, deal with where you are?
1: Yeah, people um, in the long-term care industry uh, have to be tested, and the reason is because um, people in long-term care live in close proximity, and. Our elders, our kapuna, um, which I'm one of them, right? I talk about the old people now. I'm one of the old people. We're much more vulnerable um, <laughs> to COVID because, you know, the longer you live, the more morbidity you have. The longer you live, the more chance you have to express your heart disease or your high blood pressure or your diabetes or, you know, whatever you're going to have. And so covid exacerbates all those problems. So people who um, live and work in nursing homes have to be much more stringent about their infections infection control and yes they do need to be tested regularly.
0: Yeah, it, the yeah, other it, piece it, of
1: this is that people I'm sorry I shouldn't interrupt you fine. but that's fine. um the you know, we used to do this thing called um, skilled nursing in nursing homes. So people who were discharged from the hospital who weren't really ready to go home and take care of themselves would spend a little bit of time in, the, in a nursing home for skilled nursing care. I'm talking, you know, people with hip replacements or knee replacements, people who are generally healthy, but had procedures and couldn't really take care of themselves at home. Maybe they had a bunch of stairs to go up and down. So they'd go in the nursing home. Um, and that is something that really has a moratorium placed on it because um, there is COVID in the hospitals and to have those patients uh, go into the skilled nursing areas of the nursing homes is very, very dangerous for the staff and patients in the nursing home. So um, that's a kind of a boundary that's been erected and it's very important, sort of like a sterile corridor to keep people safe and separate.
0: Right. Well, the thing yeah. that confuses me as a uh, non-medical professional, <laughs> I have to say that, is that uh, w- testing, so you test somebody and if you, unless the results are immediate, you don't know whether they're, so, and you send them off to go work now. You, you tested them, but you don't know if the, what those results are in, immediately and you're sending them to work. Uh, it, it doesn't, it's like testing should be the day before, but even then, you don't know if they picked it up It's a hard thing to really get a grasp on it. You're so right,
1: Matt. And I just want to remind you of what happened to us with HIV. Now, not everybody listening is old enough to remember, but back in the late 1970s, this thing came out. It was called gay-related immune deficiency. And nobody thought virus. They didn't know. And then... That evolved, and somebody thought virus, you know, because it was related to exposures. And it was like, oh, gosh, what are we going to do with these gay people? They have this virus. So we have to keep the gay people separate. And then, no, of course we don't have to keep the gay people separate. And then we found out it's a virus. So what did we do? We treated everybody like they had it. And that's what I'm kind of encouraging you and your listeners and people that I come in contact to do. Assume everybody is shedding COVID just assume everybody is shedding COVID, wear your mask, wear your gloves, keep your distance, right? Wash your hands. (laughs) Try not to, um, you know, share respiratory fluids or other fluids. Don't take a sip of somebody else's coffee. It's common sense, right? Um, If you're sitting down to use a keyboard in the workplace that's a shared keyboard, let's disinfect it. Or let's keep our keyboard separate. um, Or let's make sure that we wear gloves while we're on the keyboard and then quickly change them. Don't use the keyboard and then rub your nose. We have to assume that everybody is infected, and that's how we stop it.
0: Right. It's not.
1: It's not hard. It's not rocket science. It's hand washing and a mask. It's very, very unusual for people who wear a mask properly to get COVID and wear a mask properly 100 percent of the time when they're around other people. And I say properly because I go out in the world with my mask on properly and it fits nice and snug and it covers my mouth and my nose. um, And it's tight around my cheeks because I have a fat face, so I can't avoid that. But I see people out there and they've got the mask under their chin or their little noses are peeking out over the top of the mask or the mask is up on their head or worse than ever, it's in their pocket. So, you know what? When it says wear a mask, wear a mask. If you know you're around other people, please put the mask on and cover your nose and mouth. Otherwise, you're going to have people say, oh, well, I wear my mask. Well, yeah, maybe you do. Maybe you do, and maybe it's not on there properly. The other piece of this is you got to recognize this thing called osmosis and diffusion, right? If something is wet, things go through it, right? right. So if, I, if I'm cooking in my kitchen and I go to pick up a hot pot with a wet oven mitt, I'm going to burn myself, right? Because things pass through water. So if your mask is wet, change it, right? Right? So you can't live with just one mask. They have really cute ones online now. Pick up a couple. They're cheap. They have them everywhere. Um, I went to the CVS drive through in my car, and I said, oh, my God, I forgot my mask, and the pharmacist gave me one. So it's not hard. We right. are, we're all in this together. I want I, wa- I want to
0: ask you about this because, and I don't know if you're going to have an answer for it, but it seems yeah. really odd to me that some people are so triggered and angry, uh, even anytime you bring up anything to do with the mask. Uh, why do you think that? Because to me, it's not such a, a, a huge know. thing to ask people to do to make them that angry, and it baffles me why people get so uh, worked up over it. Uh, what, do you have any uh, ideas about why that might be? Yeah,
1: I do people have issues about being told what to do so if you think back about human development you know we reach a stage as toddlers where our answer is always no right and so if you think about human development some people get stuck in a place where they object to authority you know my generation we questioned authority and yeah, made but- an informed choice But the answer to authority is not an automatic no. You need to think about the reasons why people are telling you to wear a mask. It's for your own best interest. And some people just don't want to be told what to do. It's like oppositional defiant disorder. Most of us get over it. When we're toddlers, I'm sorry if I'm being insulting or inflammatory to people, but you know what? You've got (laughs) to look back and take a good look at yourself, right? The gift, what is it Robbie Byrne said? The gift of God, the gift he'll give you, see yourself as others see you. Cultivate your observing ego, look at yourself. Why do I so object to wearing a mask? What is it in me that makes me so oppositional? There's no need of it. Get over it. You know, maybe you had... A um, I mean caretaker when you were a kid who like made you eat all your vegetables I don't really know it's not my business but it's time to think about it and get over it you need to protect yourself your family and the people in your environment
0: right so Uh-oh. you know
1: what that, does your therapist ever say get over it no but I'm not a therapist I'm a registered <laughs> nurse so I can say it get <laughs> over it <laughs>
0: well well thank you for that now you sent me a link to an australian uh resource that i'm going to be sharing with with the audience the links will be in the description can you describe what that tell us what that
1: is yeah i so hope that um everyone takes a look at that um People in Australia have really suffered. The government, in the United States, government is great for healthcare care, too. But I want you to look at that website because it talks a lot about dealing with uncertainty. And if you pass the URL and go back, there are very, very helpful tools, very helpful tools for people... Um, to make their way in the world and feel better about um, the current thing that's going on. You guys know um, Australia has suffered terrible with the COVID. They've also had the awful wildfires like we had um, in California. Their economy is damaged. They've had um, a lot going on, as as have we. And these resources that they have, Uh, posted by their government are free to everybody. They've made them free to everybody in the whole wide world, and they're so valuable, and I so encourage people to look at it. I just want to say one more thing. When we go on the Internet, and we look for reliable, valid websites. Be careful where you go. Anything that comes from the Australian government is very, very good. If you're not sure what you're looking at, if you think you're looking at something that's commercial or you don't know, um, go and, and try to validate, um, the URL or try to validate the website by using Health on the Net as a portal. It's uh, www.hon.ch. It's a nonprofit. It's multinational. It's in Switzerland. And the only websites that you can reach through that portal are reliable websites. I don't want anybody to send their money away for a magic cure that's not going to work.
0: Yeah, I get it. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you gave the plug to Australia because I had a a, a gentleman on from Australia just 15 hours ago. Uh, and I've had many Australians on. And I have a huge audience over there in Australia. So oh, that's I'm just, awesome. I'm, I'm really glad I'm,
1: to hear that.
0: I'm sure we have happy a lot of hear.
1: Australian nurses come and join us in Hawaii. Right.
0: Um,
1: and it, it's, a, it's a breath of fresh, fresh air and really um, a nice thing.
0: Uh, I want to hear uh, an Australian accent mixed in with the Boston accent and, and all, all in the same room. I would love to hear that. All right, uh, let
1: me see if I can do one. Oi! 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 Maybe.
0: And, and your website and your blog, the the address has been up there uh, for, for the entire program at the yeah, bottom. It's, it's Hawaiian whole-
1: Nurses Continuing Education. And anybody who's out there who's a nurse, please go there. It's a lot of fun.
0: I enjoy writing the blog. Writing the blog, it seems like uh, it, it. Oh, it's, it's something. great!
1: <laughs> we have a lot of followers. We get a lot of positive feedback, and now we're starting to zo- do the Zoom webinars, and it's just a lot of fun. We try to make it a positive experience for Eddie for everybody. Wow! And well, uh, you know, if you can make somebody laugh, you teach them something. So that's a uh, that's that, our goal.
0: That's true, and then you know, I, I have yeah. learned something from every single person I talk to on this program, and it, it's always uh, it's always a. Uh, pleasure to get some new perspectives on things that we've been talking about and and some uh, new insights to stuff so you know it it is what it is but i I appreciate your your time and and your uh, insights here today and and thank you for for looking me up
1: (laughs) we so appreciate you and i'm really glad that um i found you because i think you're awesome
0: Thank and you. you do have
1: outstanding coping skills. Don't sell yourself short.
0: Uh, well, th- short. <laughs> thank you. I- I'm working on it. You know, we're all a work in progress, and so will continue It's a process. On it. yeah, yeah, it's all process. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Leslie. Thank you for your thank time you, today. Amanda, we Liz. are out of time, but I will be sending people to your blog, and hope hopefully you get some response out of it and some some more support from our audience.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. You Bye too. Leslie Jane Sullivan, uh, good stuff there from... uh, Well, she's actually from Massachusetts, but she's she's currently uh, a resident of Hawaii, and so I'm going to say good stuff there from Hawaii, from the other side of the world. So last night we were talking to that side and then this side and uh i I like the fact that we we are a worldwide platform and have people listening from all over the place she's actually the third person from uh who who lives in hawaii no uh, she's she's in massachusetts right now i won't lie but she's actually the third hawaii resident we have we've had on and we've had a lot of australians on so uh we are a truly worldwide global platform and i appreciate that and i appreciate you listening i hope you got something out of this program and, and and learned something here today i did and i i appreciate your time and i hope you uh liked it and we'll tell your friends about it And come on back go to my youtube channel and subscribe go to minddogtv.com get on my mailing list so you know when we're gonna have great guests on and uh questions and comments for me info at minddogtv.com info at minddogtv.com tonight at 8 p.m eastern we're gonna have politics from the left uh max Deutsch will be back max is a, a, a poly sci student who is the uh host of another progressive podcast he's a a very left-wing type of guy and uh, uh last time we had him on we had a, uh, a, a- war in the chat room uh lefties and righties going at it i like that stuff because i like uh to see some uh healthy exchange without getting insulting a healthy exchange of ideas from both sides uh hopefully we'll have that again tonight at 8 p.m eastern so please uh if you're around join us then for some healthy uh political discussion no insults no name calling please just uh just, you know, sharing of perspectives and viewpoints would be fine. Uh So until then, I'm Matt Knapp with the Mind Dog TV podcast. Thank you for coming. Have a great day and bye for now.
2: Sandy was a beauty with jet black hair and big dog eyes She was just 19 years old I was 35 We drove across the country